0: If you would, turn your Bibles to 2 Corinthians chapter 4. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, we're going to start here for our lesson this morning. As we have just started a new year, a lot of people look at that change in the calendar as a time for renewal, a time to change direction, a time to improve themselves in some way. And, of course, the basic idea of that is good. If we need to change, if we need to improve, if we need to make things better, then it's always good to do that, whether it's at the new year or at any time. But, as with everything, we need to make sure that what we're doing, if we're going to change directions, if we're going to improve ourselves, we need to make sure that we are doing that biblically, or in a way that is in harmony with the Word of God. There are a few passages in the New Testament, one of them is here in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, that talk about being renewed. 2 Corinthians 4.16 says, Therefore we do not lose heart, but though our outer man is decaying, yet our inner man is being renewed, or made new, made alive again, or continue to be reborn, in a sense, is being renewed day by day. You think about what this process is about, about being a new creature, a new person. When the Bible talks about being renewed, it's not tied to a certain day on the calendar. It's also not just about whatever we might do, whether we might have a new job or a new exercise or diet or habit or whatever it might be. This is about our spiritual lives. And I want to, for our lesson this morning, consider what the New Testament says about renewal and about being renewed and how that is to look in our lives, what it means for us, and what the result is of being renewed in the Lord. So we're going to look at these passages here this morning. The first one we're starting with is 2 Corinthians chapter 4, but let's read, we already read verse 16, where it says that our inner man is being renewed day by day. He continued in verse 17 and says, For momentary light affliction is producing for us an an eternal weight of glory far beyond all comparison. While we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporal, but the things which are not seen are eternal. There he said in verse 16, that we read at the beginning, that this renewal is something that continues day by day. This is a continual process. The implication there is that if we are going to follow the Lord, if we're going to be Christians, we have to continually grow and not become stagnant, not think that, well, whatever level I've reached right now, whatever level of spiritual maturity I have, the level of Bible knowledge I have, the level of activity that I'm involved in as far as the work of the Lord and the work of the church, that wherever I'm at right now, Well then that's all I ever have to do. I just have to maintain this level, and Paul says here that our renewal, this growth process, is something that is done day by day. He says there in that verse, what is being renewed day by day is our inner man. The part of us that is not tied to the physical body that is growing old and decaying. He says that that our outer man is decaying, that we are going through, all of us, the process of growing and aging and we know that at some point, unless the Lord comes first, we are not going to be here anymore. And so while our outer man is decaying and we can see that happening, there needs to be an inverse. There needs to be something happening in contrast to that that while our outer man is decaying our inner man our spirit the part of us that will live on for eternity that is being renewed day by day and what that does is Paul says here in these in this these verses that we read that we are we have our outer man decaying we are experiencing momentary light affliction but what that does he says it produces for us eternal weight of glory far beyond all comparison when we recognize what is important when we recognize that there is the part of us that is eternal that will live on even after our life our, our physical bodies completely wear out and we pass from this life that inner man that has been renewed day by day that inner man is going to continue. That inner man is going to live on. When we look at the things which are temporal, and that's all that we do, then it can be pretty discouraging when we see what goes on in this life and we see what we experience in this life. Paul says there in verse 18, we are looking at the things which are not seen. We are looking at those things that are eternal. When we do that, we can overcome those hardships and those difficulties that will inevitably come because our inner man is being renewed day by day. Another passage that I want us to look at is over in Titus chapter 3. We think about this idea that, okay, our inner man is being renewed day by day. That's a continual process, and, and we understand that, but where does all of this start? When, when did this process of being renewed when did that begin? There are a lot of people in the religious world who misunderstand this point. That they can, they can see the concept of we have to continue to grow, we continue to get closer to the Lord, we continue to look at things that are eternal, and there are a lot of people in the world who understand that, religious people who recognize that point, but they miss this point here. When does this renewal process begin? It begins when we are born again. And what that means is the point that is missed a lot of times by those in the religious world. But Titus chapter 3, beginning in verse 4, it says, But when the kindness of God our Savior and His love for mankind appeared, He saved us, not on the basis of deeds which we have done in righteousness, but according to His mercy, by the washing of regeneration and renewing by the Holy Spirit whom he poured out upon us richly through Jesus Christ our Savior, so that being justified by his grace, we be made heirs according to the hope of eternal life. So there he says in those verses, particularly in verse 5, he talks about the washing of regeneration and renewing by the Holy Spirit. You remember what Jesus told Nicodemus in John chapter 3? where he said that one must be born again in order to see the kingdom. And Nicodemus was confused by that. Saying, well, how can a man be born when he is old? He can't enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born. And obviously, that's true. But he misunderstood Jesus' point. So Jesus explained in John 3 and verse 5 that we have to be born of water and spirit. That's what Paul is describing here. He saved us not on the basis of deeds that we have done, because when we think about what we have done, well, we've sinned. We have fallen short of the glory of God, and nothing that we could do, nothing that we could come up with, can erase our sins, can forgive us of our sins, or cause God to overlook our sins. Nothing that we have come up with, nothing that we have done, but in His mercy... He mentions here mercy and grace in these verses, which those two are, are different, but they are related. Mercy is about God not giving us what we deserve. Grace is about giving us what we do not deserve. What we deserve, he says, according to his mercy, that we have sinned, we've fallen short of the glory of God, that we have done things that are worthy of death. But according to His mercy, He has given us a chance to escape that death. It says there in verse 5, by the washing of regeneration and renewing by the Holy Spirit, being born of water and of the Spirit, that we are baptized into Christ. We are able to be forgiven of our sins and not receive the punishment that comes for sin. That's His mercy. And then he says in verse 7, being justified by His grace, we will be made heirs according to the hope of eternal life. Paul talked about this, the chapter right before this, in Titus chapter 2, and verse 11, where he said, the grace of God has appeared bringing salvation to all men. That this grace has been given. This gift of salvation has been given to all men. It's been made available to everyone. But verse 14, he says that He gave Himself, for us to redeem us from every lawless deed and to purify for himself a people for his own possession zealous for good deeds Jesus gave himself to redeem us from sin whatever sin we have committed it's not on the basis of deeds that we have done in righteousness because we failed to live up to that perfect standard of righteousness we have sinned he had to come to redeem us from our sins And so it is by His mercy and by His grace that we are able to have this hope of eternal life, that we are able to be born again. But this is is what we need to understand here, that we have this process beginning at this point, the washing of regeneration and renewing by the Holy Spirit. One other passage to notice here on this point, Acts chapter 22, when Paul was recounting his conversion. He talked about what Ananias said to him. When Ananias came to him while he was in Damascus, and he was praying to God, obviously penitent over his sin, he believed at that point that Jesus was the Christ. He was sorrowful for what he had done. But Ananias told him in verse 16 of Acts 22, Now why do you delay? Get up and be baptized and wash away your sins calling on His name. That's the washing of regeneration and renewing by the Holy Spirit. That's what Jesus talked about when He said you must be born of water and the Spirit. All of these things are referring to the same thing, that we are washed and cleansed of our sins. Not that there is something magical or miraculous in the water, but because we are submitting to the Lord's will. We are, as Peter said in 1 Peter 3.21, making an appeal to God for a good conscience. God is answering that and recognizing that and washing us and cleansing us of our sins as we submit to His will. So this new life that, as Christians, we are to be renewed day by day, as 2 Corinthians 4 and verse 16 talks about. But we need to remember that that process starts as we can be forgiven of our sins, we can have a new life in Christ. That starts when we are born again. We are washed and cleansed by the Holy Spirit as we are baptized into Christ. The next point I want us to notice over in Ephesians chapter 4. We think about renewal, and we think about all the ways that we might change our lives and all the things that we might improve. We need to make sure that this new life that we have is according to God's design for us. Ephesians 4, beginning in verse 22, he says that in reference to your former manner of life, you lay aside the old self, which is being corrupted in accordance with the lusts of deceit, and that you be renewed in the spirit of your mind and put on the new self, which is in the likeness of God, which in the likeness of God has been created in righteousness and holiness of the truth. So he says here in these verses that you lay aside the old self, the old man of sin, and you put on the new self. Going back to the last point that we talked about, how we are born again, the washing of regeneration and renewing by the Holy Spirit. We have a new life in Christ. When we are born of the water and of the Spirit, we are a new creature. The old self has been laid aside. We have put on the new self. And as he talked about the old self in verse 22, that you laid aside this former manner of life that you had, it was being corrupted in accordance to the lusts of deceit. In following after the desires that we previously pursued, those desires that the world follows after, the things that we want to do, the things that the world tells us that this is important. This is what you need to do. This is how you can fit in. This is how you can feel fulfilled. This is how you can enjoy life to the fullest. All of those desires, he describes it as the lust of deceit. It is deceptive. It deceives us into thinking that, well, if we just act like everyone around us, if we just do what everyone else is doing, if we just follow what the world tells us to do, then we're going to be fulfilled, we're going to everything is going to go well. That is deceptive. And too many people find out too late that these things have deceived them. As they have pursued the course of this world, they've lived in a way that is according to their own lusts and the lusts of the world. What Paul says here to these Christians here, you've laid all that aside. You have put on the new self. He says, which in the likeness of God has been created in righteousness and holiness of the truth. This new life, it's not just that, well, I used to do this. I used to eat junk food every day, but now I am I'm eating healthy, I'm eating vegetables, I'm eating whatever it is. It's not just you're changing your diet. It's not just you're changing your habits that you're going from one thing to another. That instead of spending an hour a day watching TV, I'm going to spend an hour a day reading a book or something like that. That's not what what this is. Though if we are, certainly if we're reading the Bible, that's definitely going to help us. But a lot of people, when they think about improving things, they're not thinking about it from a spiritual perspective. They're just thinking about it in terms of this life. Well, we might make improvements in this life, but what Paul is specifically talking about here is this new life that is according to what God has intended for us, what God has designed for us. He said there in verse 24, this new self is in the likeness of God, and it has been created in righteousness and holiness of the truth. He worded it a little bit differently in Ephesians chapter 2, and verse 10, where after he says that you've been saved by grace through faith, which relates to the previous point, we've been born again, justified by his grace, and as we have been renewed and regenerated, we've been saved by his grace. He says in verse 10 that we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, Which God prepared beforehand so that we would walk in them. God has given us certain things to do. He has revealed in his word what is good. The scriptures, 2 Timothy 3, verses 16 to 17, tell us that the Scriptures equip us for every good work. God has shown us what He wants us to do. This new life is not just well what the latest trend is or what the latest fad is, as people make New Year's resolutions and everyone's making This resolution this year to eat healthier or to exercise or to whatever it might be. It's not just about that. It's about pursuing righteousness. Being holy people of God. Set apart for His purpose. Following after the truth and not after the lust of deceit as we're part of the old man that we have set aside. We think about renewal and having a new life. We have to make sure that we are patterning that after what God has revealed to us. We are His workmanship created for good works. We need to make sure that that's what we are doing. Then related to that, Colossians chapter 3, this passage is a little bit similar to the one that we just read in Ephesians chapter 4. So it talks about laying aside the old man and putting on the new man. And the similarities here we're going to see, but there's also another point here that that I want us to consider is that when we think about our renewal, our new life, Ephesians 4 talked about how it is to be according to God's design, and this gets a little bit more specific, that it has to be patterned after Christ. In or Colossians chapter 3, beginning in verse 5, Says, therefore, consider the members of your earthly body as dead to immorality, impurity, passion, evil desire, and greed, which amounts to idolatry. For it is because of these things that the wrath of God will come upon the sons of disobedience. And in them you also once walked, when you were living in them. But now you also put them all aside anger, wrath, malice, slander, and abusive speech from your mouth. Do not lie to one another, since you laid aside the old self with his evil practices. And have put on the new self, who is being renewed to a true knowledge according to the image of the one who created him. A renewal in which there is no distinction between Greek and Jew, circumcised and uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave and free man, but Christ is all and in, in all. Again, you have this idea of you have the old man of sin that you formerly walked in these different ways of ways of the world he says you consider the members of your earthly body as dead to these things not that well I'm a Christian now and really the only difference between me and the rest of the world is that I call myself a Christian but I still practice all these things the way that my life is it looks like everyone else's life no that's not what we are to be doing we consider the members of our earthly body as dead to these things. We're not continuing in them. That we're not thinking that, well, if we engage in sin, that, well, that's just what everyone does. No, this is part of our body that we are now given to God and now we're giving it back to the ways of sin. We cannot do that. Consider the members of your earthly body as dead to these things. He says there in Verse 10, that you put on the new self. It says, it is being renewed to a true knowledge according to the image of the one who created him. We, as we learn more about Christ, the one who, as John 1 talks about, in him is life and light. He gives life to all things. He is the one who has created us. As we learn more about him, the one who is perfect and sinless, as he offered his life as a sinless sacrifice for us. This new life we have is patterned after Christ. We look to him. We look to him and we are trying to be the image of him. As Paul said in Galatians 2 and verse 20, that it is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. That's what our goal is. We follow his perfect example who was sinless and did not violate the will of the Father. That's what our goal needs to be, that's what we're working toward. He said there in verse 11 that renewal in which there is no distinction between Greek and Jew, circumcised and uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave and free man, but Christ is all and in all. The world has a tendency to divide people up in various categories. It might divide people up and like, well, you're a Greek or you're a Jew or you're an American and and you're a a Russian or whatever it might be. Whatever these different nationalities are, the different economic classes, you're slave and free man, you're a rich person, you're a poor person, whatever it might be. The world wants to divide people up and put them in boxes and put them in different groups. And politicians are very good at this in order to try to win votes and pit one group against the other group. We need to understand that as Christians, it doesn't matter what box someone wants to put us in, or what they want to label us as. We are first and foremost a Christian. First and foremost, we are patterned after Christ. We are striving to be like Him. If we're rich, then the primary thing is that we are to be a Christian. And that should be what people notice first about us. If we're poor, well, we have to deal with the challenges that come with that, but people ought to notice that we are Christians. That's what we are trying to be. We are trying to be like Him. That these other distinctions that He talks about in verse 11, where people could say, well, you're this or that. Whatever, however people would label us, The main thing is to be a Christian. That is most important. So we need to look to Christ and pattern our life after Him. Not say, well, what is this group over here? And I want to be like that group. As people get divided up and people get put into boxes, we have a tendency to want to fit in with one of those boxes that people put us in. We need to fit in with Christ and His body and with other Christians first and foremost. Christ is all and in all. final point that I want us to notice here today over in Romans chapter 12 is that this renewal makes us different from the world. All these points kind of build off of one another. But if we are truly trying to follow God's design and we put away sin as we are born again, and we want to be like Christ and pattern our life after Him. If we do all of that, we're going to be different from the world. We are going to stand out. Romans 12, verses 1 and 2. Paul said, Therefore I urge you, brethren, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies a living and holy sacrifice, acceptable to God, which is your spiritual service of worship. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, so that you may prove what the will of God is, that which is good good. And acceptable and perfect he says there do not be conformed to this world we are going to stand out as Christians we are going to be seen as different over in first Peter chapter 4 it talks about how as we become a Christian and we do the things that we've talked about in these different passages where we put aside the old man of sin we give up those things that we had done before Peter talks about this in First Peter chapter 4 where we follow after the example of Christ in verse 1 that as He did not sin, we are to strive to, be, strive to cease from sin and to, verse 2, live the rest of the time in the flesh no longer for the lusts of men but for the will of God. We are not following after those lusts of deceit but we are trying to live according to the will of God. He said in verse 3, For the time already passed is sufficient for you to have carried out the desire of the Gentiles, having pursued a course of sensuality, lusts, drunkenness, carousing, drinking parties, and abominable idolatries. Your past, you may have done those things, but that was in your past. Whatever you've done, whatever time that you have given to that, that was sufficient. You don't need to give it any more time. That was it. Now you're living the rest of your time in the flesh, not for the lusts of men, but for the will of God. Well, what if we do that? What if we put all those things aside, we give those things up, and we are living now according to the will of God? We're not conformed to this world anymore. Notice what he said in 1 Peter 4 and verse 4. In all this, they are surprised that you do not run with them into the same excesses of dissipation, and they malign you. People will notice the difference. They'll notice that, well, you used to go and do this with us. You used to hang out with us, go to the bar, whatever it might be. You used to do those things with us. You don't do that anymore. Or you used to say what we say. You don't say those words anymore. You used to do this or whatever it might be. You don't do those things anymore. People notice that. They are surprised that you have given this up. And of course the one's he's talking about here he says they will speak evil of you they will malign you. Later in this chapter he's going to talk about how we are have to suffer as a Christian. There's persecution a lot of times that comes or you might be ostracized, you might have people will will ridicule you or whatever it might be. They do that because you have chosen to be different. Not conformed to this world, but as Paul said in Romans 12 and verse 2, you are transformed. Transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what the will of God is. Again, this is according to God's will. Any change that we make, we need to see what is the will of God. What would He want me to do and what would He want me to become? We're going to be transformed by the renewing of our mind. We change the way we think. Our priorities are different from the rest of the world. The things that motivate us are different from the world. Because we're looking beyond this life. We're looking for eternity. We, as he said there in verse 1, present our bodies as a living and holy sacrifice. We give ourselves to Him. And it's important to... Notice what he says here: You present your bodies as a sacrifice, but it is a living sacrifice. They would have been familiar with, and not just the Jews who grew up under the Old Testament system with the animal sacrifices, but also other pagan religions. They had those types of sacrifices as well. That you have a sacrifice, you have an animal that's offered. And that animal is killed. It's offered on the altar and that is the one time that animal can be offered you cannot be offered again Paul says here you're not presenting yourselves as one of those dead sacrifices that you give yourself one time and then that's it he says you are a living sacrifice which again goes back to what where we started This renewal is something that happens day by day. This is a continual process. We are giving our lives to Him. And if we've done that today, and by coming here and assembling here, you've made the decision that this is important. That I want to serve the Lord, I want to do His will, I want to be different from the world, and that is encouraging and commendable. Tomorrow you have to do it again. In the next day, you have to do it again. We present ourselves as a living sacrifice. We give ourselves to Him in everything that we do, in every day of our life. So we have this renewal. We have a new life in Christ, and that's available to everyone. Everyone who will be born again, to have that new life, to believe on Him, turn from their sins be baptized into Christ, be born of water and of the Spirit. Everyone who will do that can have this new life, can have their sins forgiven. And then once we've done that, we need to be renewed day by day. Continue to offer ourselves as as that living sacrifice. Continue to grow, become more like Christ and less like the world around us. That's the challenge for each one of us, whether we are contemplating this at the beginning of a new year or at any time. That's the challenge for each one of us. So as we close the lesson and extend the invitation, we want to invite anyone who is not yet a Christian to become one. You can be born again. You can have your sins washed away, and we can help you with that today. If you have done that and have not lived as you should, you've allowed sin in your life, you have not turned away from the world as you needed to and you've turned back to it, then repent of that. and Pray to God and ask Him for forgiveness. But if we can help you in any way, we invite you to come forward as we stand and sing.